Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wisdom, Wisdom Wednesday. Wednesday. So here we are. We're back. We we took a, a little breather. We had a little week off. Mm-hmm. If if you all were listening to this in real time, we re-aired Jen Sincero's epic episode, which is still amazing. It's still yeah. one of my favorites, I think. Yeah, she's right? so great. I love her. I just love the, the way she speaks so naturally. It's just, You can just tell it's like she's just being herself and yes. sharing her wisdom. It, she's so amazing. Mm-hmm. So Tessa, what today is a very special episode, I think. Mm-hmm. There has yeah. been a lot going on in the world. I left and I came back with just a little bit less rights than, than, I, than I left with. It is a very unstable world currently. And it feels, you know, these are the moments where I have to really pull from my reservoirs to see all the beauty that is happening in the world at large, all the people doing incredibly, incredibly heroic and courageous things. And, I really have to remember what we're doing here and why we're doing what we're doing. You know, I just got back from Guam, which Mm. was amazing. It looked amazing. I love the pictures. It was so... So Liv Marati, who was the conceptualizer, the change maker, the innovative mind behind Ina Wellfest, really wanted to bring wellness to the island of Guam. Now, Guam is, is very similar to Hawaii in, in the way that it's a U.S. territory. It is a beautiful, idyllic place. It doesn't have very much agricultural sustenance, so mm-hmm. their access to food is limited. They get a lot of imports, largely when this happens, most of the time, this is a uh, highly preservative Latin foods. Mm. So a lot of chronic illness on the island. And the initiative was to bring more health and wellness, more mental health awareness to the forefront of the minds of the people in Guam. And it was, I don't know, like maybe 300 plus people gathered together in this incredible space. And it was so beautiful to just see the reception, people really wanting wellness in their lives. And yeah, it was it was a great experience. So many people were impacted and inspired. And it was just, it's been a while, obviously, since I've done a festival since 2019. I think Wanderlust was the last festival I did. So it was great to be in that energy, to be in the conduit of 
inspiration and excitement. And it definitely helped sort of grapple with (laughs) the world (laughs) that we are living in. And it definitely reminds me of the courage and the resilience that we have as people to know that we can do hard things, that we're able to withstand the ever-changing climate that is the world. And hopefully we can band together to create some real change, right? Yeah. I keep thinking about, as you're talking about this, and even before we started recording, the theme of attachment and how we get attached to whatever it is, our status quo, our level of comfort, a certain income, a certain partnership, career, whatever it is that we're attached to. I think it's such a natural, I I don't want anyone to feel shame in that either, because it's such a natural human experience and we all do it. But I think about this in relationship to what you're saying in terms of the constant nature of change that you just said, that the fabric of our lives, the fabric of the human experience being that things will always change. And as it relates to attachment, I keep asking myself the question, well, is is attachment needless suffering? Is attachment needless disappointment? Is is there some purpose behind it? Is it a lesson to be learned? And and yeah, so I'm wondering what you think about that. Oh, man, that is just like we went straight into the deep stuff. Dove in. You know, <laughs> the Buddhists believe that attachment is the source of our suffering, that it is the the key source to our suffering. And when you think about it, it makes sense. I attach myself to an ideal of what my life should be. And when it doesn't achieve that ideal, then I'm disappointed. And then I'm constantly living in a state of disappointment and it's creating a deep level of internal suffering and sometimes external suffering. Uh, the same, it, same goes with relationships, with accomplishments. You know, we attach ourselves to wanting something gripping and stifling the life out of everything because we are so severely attached to an outcome. And it's hard, right? It's hard to be unattached, to live in a state where you feel like you're going with the flow of life. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I, I think about attachment, I think about resilience, I think about courage, I think about all of those characteristics that we are capable of doing. I think about the power of the mind and how we're able to both be attached and also become unattached, right? The mind is capable of having these beautiful ideas and dreams and also having doubt and worry. And in that space, in that container, if we're able to utilize the mind in a way to direct it, to go to the areas that are going to serve us most, I think it is really where we can cultivate more of that peace and ease and acceptance, right? Yeah. Now it's it's the opposite of attachment. And I'm not saying be detached. Again, I'm saying, I think there are ways for us to be able to navigate this. And I have to really think about it in an intellectual, almost 
scientific way for me to grapple with the internal emotions of sadness or desperation sometimes for wanting justice or wanting Mm. things to change or wanting things to be different. It's a deep and wholehearted expression and desire for mindful living, right? Like that's what mindfulness is, our ability to grapple and be present and examine what parts of our lives are working and what parts aren't. And it's, I don't know, I mean, it's a very difficult, difficult topic. I think it has more to do with what's going to serve your highest good. I Mm -hmm. always revert back to that. What is going to serve your highest good? Okay, for me, worrying about what's going to happen to this country or what's going to happen to the world or what's going to happen to the planet or what's going to happen to the sea creatures and the ocean. Like if I sit there and dwell on that, then that is where my physical mind, body, spirit energy is going to be filtered to. And that's not going to serve my highest good. And I can just tell you that by knowing me worrying and having that There's a difference between me wanting to do my duty as a human on this planet and wanting to create a more sustainable living situation and me just sitting here dwelling about, oh my God, like what is happening? There's so much plastic in the ocean and we're in this, on this beautiful island of Guam, this idyllic place. And I'm like, there are missile testing sites just miles away from us. Like you know, that kind of energy where I can sit there and just dwell on that. (laughs) Or I can just say, wow, this is a really beautiful place. The people here are really beautiful. They're really hungry for change. They're really inspired by the possibility of life. Like, where do you want to live? Do you want to live in the state of constant worry? Now, some people use the worry as a fueling agent to incite change, to get active to become an activated person. But if that's not you, then you need to learn what is going to serve your highest good. If if for you, it's just going to put you in a depressive state and make you have anxiety and you're going to lose sleep and you're going to go into this fight, flight, or freeze state, then obviously that thought route is not going to serve your highest good. Now, if you're more of the thought process of learning different ways that you can impact the world by making different choices, albeit buying from local farms or recycling your plastics or signing a petition or doing whatever it is to make you feel like you are moving the needle in a specific direction then you know what's going to serve you. You know which route you need to go in order to keep your life moving. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're, that's what we're doing here. If you're not moving your life forward in a way that's serving your highest good, then what are you doing? Right. And I don't mean that as a, like, what are you doing here? What are you doing with your life? If you're not helping and serving the highest good, I'm saying like, what are you doing? Like, what are you spending your time doing? Where is your energy going? Where is your life force being directed to? 
because we do forget that we have the power and the control to channel that energy into the places that where they need to go in order to serve us best. The problem is we don't have an acute awareness to what serves our highest good because we're so desensitized. We're so completely desensitized to the fact that we have power. My vote doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter if I do this. Oh, it's just one time that I'm throwing this garbage on the street. Or it's just this one time. Or it doesn't, my voice doesn't even matter because nobody cares what I have to say. It's that passivity, that feeling of indifference, that desensitized sense of I am powerless. Mm -hmm. That is the power that the opposition has on you. And I'm not saying the opposition as an entity, I'm saying the opposite of what your potential is, Mm -hmm. is the opposition, right? It's that part of you that says, you don't matter. You don't have a voice. Just do nothing. Watch TV, play video games, eat your feelings, and remember to numb as much as you can, Mm -hmm. right? That is the opposition. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot, you know, I, I have to struggle with it myself. I know you and I have had these conversations. I'm curious what you think about that, but I have to struggle with keeping myself even on the center of that conversation myself, because yeah. Yeah. I can go in from one extreme to the other. Yeah. And as I said, I'm forever the pessimist in my brain. Like I go straight to does this even matter? You know, so my work, my, for a lot of people, your wound is your message and sometimes your purpose. I know that for me, it's what it is. And so I have to propel myself forward and remember that that's what my Dharma is like Arjuna, right? Like we may not like or love what our Dharma has been or what our path is like maybe we don't love what our purpose is but it's our purpose and we are compelled to fulfill that duty one way or another yeah you know yeah hello friends i want to tell you about kachava my all-in-one daily super blend if you're worried you aren't getting all the nutrients you need or struggling to stay on top of your health then listen up because Kachava has you covered. Kachava puts everything in your body it needs in one glass. So you can have it all, all the superfoods, all the vitamins, all the omegas, all the adaptogens, all the greens, all the proteins, all the benefits for your gut, your skin, your hair, your brain, your muscles, your heart, your whole health. No more compromise, no more guilt, no other nutrition shake does it all like this. They travel to the ends of the earth to source them all and crush it up. Kachava is a powder you take two scoops, just add water, blend it up, and it tastes incredible. They have five delicious flavors. Chocolate and chai are my personal favorite. I drink Kachava for breakfast and it keeps me full for hours. There's no way I could get all of these nutrients in my normal diet. And trying to manage all of the supplements and the ingredients you should be taking, I mean, it's a little overwhelming and very expensive. But now Kachava makes clean, organic, superfood nutrition accessible to everyone. You've got to try Kachava for yourself. Kachava's offering 10% off for a limited time. Go to kachava.com forward slash loved, spelled K 
K-A-C-H-A-V-A and get 10% off of your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com forward slash loved to get 10% off for a limited time. Kachava.com forward slash loved. There's a couple of things as it relates to not loving necessarily your dharma or the path that feels like it's unfolding before you. I wonder often if we mistake the feeling of love in that sense with comfort. And and when I say comfort, I mean like almost like a comfortable numbness because, yeah, it's scary to feel feelings. Yeah, it's scary to feel like I can be as big as I want to be. I can dream all of my dreams even if they don't come true, it's, it harkens back to this idea of attachment. Why am I doing the thing that I'm doing? Am I attached to a specific outcome? Do Why do I feel compelled to do this thing in the first place? And what's propelling me forward? And if I'm choosing to numb myself because the feelings are scary, yeah, maybe sometimes, a lot of the times <laughs> they are. And is it really that we don't love our path or is it that it feels scary and uncomfortable because growing to your fullest expression or becoming self-actualized is uncomfortable and we kind of have to learn how to quote unquote love that journey. And so I always, I was telling Rosie this before we started to record, when I'm faced with situations like that, I shouldn't say always, I try to remember this it's kind of like a poem, a phrase, a, a meditation, if you will. Somebody gave it to me. I, I was um, in college studying the martial art of Aikido, which is a Japanese peaceful martial art. So it's like you take the energy of someone coming at you, maybe it's aggression or whatever, and you defuse it and push it away from you. This is kind of the idea behind Aikido. So I had been studying it for a while, and I had gotten... I can't remember what belt it was, but I graduated to the next level. We were having a celebration, and my teacher gave me this printout of this paper or phrase that I always think about when I'm faced with these situations, or I try to remember to think about them. And it said something along the lines of, when we walk to the edge of all the light that we can see, and we take the decision to make that leap into the darkness of the unknown— we must believe that one of two things will happen. We'll learn to fly, or there will be something solid for us to stand on. And it's like this great mystery of the unknown, the uncertainty of change, the invitation to live this wild and precious life in the midst of chaos, in the midst of war, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of misunderstanding or forgetting why we're here in the first place. And I just love that invitation because I think one of the key indicators for me when I get off the path or when I'm on the path, you know, when I say path, I mean like my purpose, is does it feel expansive? Yeah, it might be scary, but also does it feel expansive? Or have I shrunken into something that feels very narrow and closed off from possibility? So these are sensations, questions, meditations that I 
like I said, it's a practice. I try to remind myself to ask, to slow down enough to ask, hey, Tessa, (laughs) what's going on here really? And how does that feel in your body really to help guide those impossible decisions, to help navigate these really challenging times? Yeah, that's where I'm going with that. Yeah, no, I love that. Literally, I just read this in Mark Nepo. Mark, shout out to Mark Nepo, Book of Awakening. And as you're even saying that, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally agree. I couldn't agree more with that. And I think it's all part of our spiritual journey, right? Not even just our spiritual journey, just our journeys here as humans. There's this essence of acceptance, right? Like, just to be able to accept what is and to learn how to take that energy and move it to where it needs to go. Sometimes that energy is away from you, Mm. right? Yesterday's little meditation entry is a little fish story. The instant fish accept that they will never have arms, they grow fins. And I loved that because it's so on message to what we're talking about today. I'll read just a little bit of that. I won't read the whole thing, but it says, I confess I was surprised to wake one day with this knowing about fish. It seems a cone or riddle to decipher. After living with it a while, I've come to feel that it holds another key to faith, that before we can be what we are meant to be, we must accept what we are not. This form of discernment asks us to let go of those grand fantasies that take us out of our nature and make us work to be famous instead of loving or perfect instead of compassionate. Yet the instant we can accept what is not in our nature, rather than being distracted by all that we think we could or should be, then all our inner resources are free to transform us into the particular self we are aching to be. Hmm. I love that. Mark Nepo, the book of awakening. Always just dropping that little wisdom here and there and everywhere. Mm, So good. It's funny because I was thinking about Mark Nepo this morning before we started to record. And whenever we were going to record a Wisdom Wednesday, I always think about these things that really inspire me, give me solace, help me shine a light on dark places, help me carry forward things that I want to share with everyone, things that I teach in my classes, things I want to share with listeners, things I want to share with loved ones, with you, Rosie. And like Mark Nepo, another one of my go-tos is The Prophet, which is a book I've read from before here. The author is Khalil Gibran. And I have it open today to this topic of giving and giving in terms of resources, in terms of time, in terms of you know, whatever it is, your attention, what are you giving to? And that might mean like possessions that you have or possession. Again, it can be time. It doesn't have to be something physical. So in response to that, or not even response, but in addition to what Mark Nepo just so wisely said, I would love to share a little excerpt from this passage, if you will indulge me. Please. So one little note before I read this section is, This is written from the perspective of he, so I'm going to change that to she, just because I want to. (laughs) Just because it's appropriate. So insert whichever pronoun you identify with, whichever one you prefer. 
Then said a rich woman, speak to us of giving. And she answered, you give but little when you give of your possessions. It is when you give of yourself that you truly give. For what are your possessions but things you keep and guard for fear you may need them tomorrow? And tomorrow? What shall tomorrow bring to the overprudent dog burying bones in the trackless sand as he follows the pilgrims to the holy city? And what is fear of need but need itself? Is not dread of thirst when your well is full, the thirst that is unquenchable? There are those who give little of the much which they have, and they give it for recognition, and their hidden desire makes their gifts unwholesome. One last little section. (laughs) And there are those who have little and give it all. These are the believers in life and the bounty of life, and their coffer is never empty. There are those who give with joy, and that joy is their reward. And it goes on for a few more pages. I recommend this book if you are a lover of poetry and want short little passages on each kind of major topic of life. Something that I keep by my bedside, something when I'm grappling with something, I often just flip it open, kind of like I would use a deck of tarot cards maybe, or a book of runes. I would just open a page and see what speaks to me that day. Yes. I love that. What a great recommendation. I love that. I mean, I think that I'm like with that, (laughs) I, I don't, I don't have anything else to share for today. I think with regard to giving ourselves the support that we need during times that are unstable, I think is, is all that we could do, you know, at this time is to take care of ourselves as much as we can take care of others as much as we can and to remember to have self-compassion and compassion for others although it can be very difficult during times like this I think Mm -hmm. that's part of our our dharmatic path you know our, our purpose so that being said thank you all for joining us I do want to say, in case we've not mentioned it here, but I am going to do a retreat in Spain in November. It's, I believe, the 12th through the 18th, if I'm not mistaken. You can check the details out on my website if you're interested. There are still a couple of rooms available and... We would love to see you all in person in human form. So if you are interested in that, go check it out on the website. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to support our sponsors. They're helping support the show and us. And to make it easy for you, you can go to the info button and our sponsor links will be there. So go ahead and show some support. Thank you all so much for being here. And we look forward to being back next week or Friday, JK. You know what I meant. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie on Instagram, at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter, at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com. <laughs>